Hello everyone, this is Michael, host of the Pound for Pound Box Report. You get ready to listen to episode 259. Episode 259 was originally recorded live on Monday, July the 15th. During that particular episode, some strange things started to happen. Uh, one of our guests, Daniel, uh, he had issues with uh, power. I originally began having issues with power um, as, a record, as a result, excuse me, uh, the live recording. I had to suddenly scrap that. And what I did was, for this particular episode, what you're about to hear is the beginning portion of our live recording, which was a tribute to one Pernell Sweet Pete Whitaker. As all boxing fans know by now, uh, Pernell Sweet Pete Whitaker, one of the best who ever lists on the clubs, suddenly passed away late last weekend, uh, dying at the age of 55. So what you hear what you're about to hear on this abbreviated episode of Pound for Pound Box Report is our tribute to one Pernell, Sweet P. Whitaker. So sit back, get ready to listen to episode two fifty nine of Pound for Pound Box Report, abbreviated version, our tribute to one Pernell Sweet P. Whitaker. You are now listening to the Pound for Pound Boxing Report, where you hear all things boxing. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Pound, Pound Box Report, episode 259. I am your host, Michael. Joining me this week, uh, Gail from Communities Digital News, Gus from Corruption and Boxing, Jacob from, or, or I thought Jacob would be on here, Jacob from Jab Hook. Ho- hopefully, we'll have him back. Uh, for those who are new, Pound, for Pound Box Report, Pound, for Pound Box Report, live YouTube show, podcast, as well as blog discussing all things boxing. The motto is when boxing is good, we will talk about it. When it's bad, we will talk about it. Bottom line is, if it concerns the sweet science, we will talk about it. Um, if you want to find out all information regarding Pound for Pound Box Report, the blog page is the place to go to. P4P Box Report, P4PBoxReport.wordpress.com. That is the link. I see Daniel has joined us from um, the Inscriber. Thanks for joining us. Uh, links to the link to catch everything Pound for Pound Box Report, P4PBoxReport.wordpress.com. Check the right of the blog page. You will find the links to find us all over social media. Links to find us on all platforms that carry RSS feeds, the SoundClouds, the iTunes, the Google Play Music, the Google Podcasts, and whatnot, as well as links to uh, donate. Let donation be the best nation. I don't care how much you give, 50 cents, a dollar, two dollars, five, ten. If you want to give a substantial amount, please do. i uh, got a cash me and PayPal um, donation link button there on Pound Pound Box Report. Same general area where you see links to the Social media pages, links to the uh, uh, where to find us via podcast. Um, normally, uh, we do recaps, news, previews, but uh, want to start the show on a different note, a a, a very very sad note. Um, as earlier this morning, I was tipped to some really uh, tragic and devastating news that still has me uh, pretty shook up. As if you are a fighter, if you are a fan of a certain age, my age in particular, 
um, if you were around or old enough to remember boxing in the 1990s, um, one of the best fighters during that decade, arguably the best fighter during that decade was uh, Pernell Sweet Pea, Sweet Pea Whitaker, uh, multiple division, multiple time world champion, uh, specifically lightweight, uh, super lightweight, welterweight, junior middleweight. Um, news came down the pike. I was tipped to it this morning that um, Sweet Pea has pro- unfortunately uh, passed away uh, at age 55. Uh, don't know all the details, so I'll just give as little as I can what I know. Um, was walking the intersection last night around 10 p.m. Fortunately, he was hit by a civilian, um, taken to hospital, later on pronounced dead. Um, the news has sent shockwaves through the boxing world, as um, I've seen uh, thoughts and prayers and commemorations and tweets and whatnot and video clips all over boxing Twitter. Uh, on social media today talking about his fights and interviews and whatnot. And because of the, the, the real tragedy of his passing, uh, given how prominent a fighter he was, Hall of Fame fighter, um, arguably the best defensive fighter that the sport has ever seen. Um, I want to take time here on Pound for Pound Boxing Report to talk the, the life and the career of one uh, pronounced Sweet P. Whitaker. And I'll start the show with you, Gail Lady, first, always. Um, I'm gutted, uh, devastated. When Muhammad Ali passed a couple of weeks ago, uh, you knew his passing was coming, uh, because of the illness. So you had at least some time to prepare for it, even as if you were, uh, crushed. Uh, when he finally, when word came about that he had finally, uh, moved on, uh, no time to, 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 uh, no time for this. Uh, no time to get yourself ready. Uh, just hit us like a uh, bomb out of nowhere. And 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 um, the level of, of hurt, the level of, of surprise um, has many uh, kind of in a bit of days. So your thoughts about the uh, uh, tragic passing of one Pernell Sweet Pea Whitaker? Well, of course, most of us woke up to this this morning uh, as it happened late last night uh, in Virginia Beach. Purnell, as most people know, is from originally from Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, I just have to check the uh, Virginia um, pilot. Virginia pilot is the local newspaper in that area. Um, and there is an updated report as of a few hours ago with a few more details. Apparently, Whitaker was walking on foot. Um, was in an intersection, was hit by a pickup truck, uh, died at the scene. The driver, according to Whitaker's uh, son, Devin, said the driver just did not see him. He was wearing dark clothes. The road was dark. And it really falls into the category of a tragic, tragic accident. No drugs, no alcohol. Driver stayed at the scene. I can tell you, having worked for a district attorney, frequently people flee the scene, not because they don't know they hit somebody, but because they are driving under the influence. And a hit and run carries less criminal penalty than staying on scene and being responsible, but being DUI. In this case, that was not a factor, which is very good news in in a way. So 
I can only imagine how the driver must feel. This man is absolutely a local hero in that area, even for people who don't know a whole lot about boxing. But for the boxing world, this is just a body blow. It really is. He was 55 years old, you know, and while he'd been out of the ring for decades at this point, he still remained involved in boxing, close to boxing. There was a big fight week in Las Vegas. He was there, and he was planning to be on hand for Pacquiao filming this week. He was involved in certain activities. In fact, I believe, and I will check this while we're chatting, there is going to be on Wednesday as uh, one of the kind of opening events for the media during fight week, a panel discussion with veteran greats of boxing. And I believe Whitaker was scheduled for that round table. I'll have to check. I know El uh, is scheduled for the round table. Um, uh, Marco, Marco Antonio Barrera is uh, scheduled. I believe Whitaker was there. And Whitaker was absolutely a fixture, loved. He never turned down a fan. He enjoyed uh, doing interviews. He, he said yes to every request. Uh, and of course, he was promoted by main events, who, full disclosure, I have done work with in the past, not currently in Denver at all. And he called main, main events in the office on a regular basis. He kept in touch with. Kathy Duva, her late husband, of course, had, had trained Purnell and promoted Purnell um, for his career. And he stayed very tight with current matchmaker Jolene Mazzone. Um, she was devastated, as you can only imagine. So uh, condolences to the entire main events family, as well as Whitaker's family, and the greater boxing family. You know, this is going to be one of those 10 counts that really, really hurts. Um, first and foremost, I want to say uh, what you need. Um, thanks for joining us live on YouTube chat. I saw your message. Uh, check your private uh, Facebook. Um, I sent the uh, links uh, there. Uh, Gail, you mentioned um, how the, the, the popularity that he had, uh, Whitaker in, in Virginia. Um, I'm, not under, I'm not understating this, but uh, during his years as a champion, uh, he was the professional franchise. Um, in that state, um, he was the pride of, of the Tidewater area, uh, to be specific. Uh, for those who do not know, uh, that area has produced a, a lot of athletes, um, from Michael Vick to, to, to Allen Iverson to, um, Alonzo Mourning to Bruce Smith, um, many athletes in football, basketball, uh, baseball specific has come from that area. I mean, if you're into college football, um, that's one of the prime areas that you do your uh, recruiting. Um, arguably, he, of, of all the athletes that's come from that uh, specific area uh, of Virginia and throughout the state, he may be the greatest. Um, I, I'll, I'll go to you, um, Gus, and then you can follow up. Daniel, I know, Gus, uh, you was kind of off television and, and social media um, all day and all evening today. So you just heard about the news. So uh, um, your reaction um, to the to not only the passing of Sweet Pea, but let's just take some time uh, to talk about how wonderful a fighter he was. We often 
throw the word great around to describe fighters, I think is an overused term. It's used too loosely in all sports, boxing included. Well, uh, when it ter- comes to greats and greatness and in ATG, all time great. Um, but Pernell Whitaker, um, he was certainly that. Um, few fighters like him, few fighters better of him, better than him throughout the history of the sport. Absolutely, Mike. And as you mentioned, I'm still trying to gather my thoughts, being sort of disconnected, you know, from the news and the media today. But when you when you talk about a fighter who exemplified the sweet science and one of the best defensive boxers, certainly in our generation, you're talking about Pernell. Um, so many so many memorable moments with him, Mike. When you talk about the prodigious talent, and he was, you know, starting up, I think he started about eight or nine years old, but as an amateur, he developed very quickly. Um, he had a phenomenal record. I think he won around 200 and, 200 and something like 215, 16 fights, if I remember correctly. Um, it, it took him a little while, Mike. You know, he, he, he first went into the World Am- Amateur Championships where he didn't win gold. He was expected to, but he then came back, went to the Pan Americans and won that. And then he went to the Olympic Games. Um, he, he became a little, actually became a little bit more aggressive in the Pan Americans than he did in the World Championships. So because of that style, Mike, and we'll, we'll talk about it in after he, you know, he turned, um, professional but after winning the gold medal um you know 86 he went onwards to turn professional and he thought he the way his career as well michael you know he, he wasn't like given soft touches i remember um he fought a uh, two fights very early on in his career back to back and they were a real test um he fought Roger Mayweather, who was like two-weight world champion, had the WBC lightweight. But the guy before that, Alfredo Lan, who was a puncher as well. Alfredo and, Lane, who himself was a yeah, former champion as well. Yeah, yeah. At um, at a featherweight, I think he was the champion. What was it? Junior, uh, junior light. Junior yeah, light. yeah, super featherweight. Yeah, yeah, and that was a good fight actually. Um, so when you when you're going in back to back against guys of that caliber, sort of in your 11th and 12th fight, you, you know you see the talent, and you see the style as well, Mike. When he's fighting up against a lot of these pressure fighters, you know volume punches, but he was a guy who had one of the best jabs going. Period. He could just control a fight with his jab. You know the footwork to get around, hit, don't be hit. Yeah, yeah, he was winning a lot of the fights you know, by sort of unanimous decision, by using the sweet signs, not getting in too many wars. You know, people were complaining a little bit that his style was not sort of fan-friendly, but you've got to utilize, you know, your your skills. But he fought, you know, I mean, look at look at Greg Hagan, Mike, when he fought him. You know, how, how good was Greg Hagan's chin when when um, uh, Sweet P fought him? Um Dropped him. I think he was the first guy to actually drop Greg as well. So, and that was technique. Like it wasn't just raw power. It was just beautiful timing and technique. And that sort of emphasizes, you know, his 
complete sort of DNA in terms of a fighter. Nothing pushing your punches, you know, just a natural talent. Um, but he had some he, he had some hardships, Mike, and it, and it and it sort of reinforces that his talent wasn't really appreciated even by the judges. If you remember, like when he fought, um, remember he had he he went to France and he I think his first title fight where he actually won the fight. I thought he definitely won. Was it Ramirez he fought in France? Um, um, Ramirez, yeah, uh, yeah. March of March of eighty eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got a he got a bad decision in that one. Um, the judges the judges gave it to Ramirez, but Sweet Pea. That was a that was an eight to four. <laughs> Anybody who gave that to Ramirez, well, I'm not sure about that. But um, so he, he, you know, I mean, he had some hardship, and we know against you know De La Hoya as well, Mike. Um, he landed, you know, the CompuBox stats are clear. You know, I mean, he landed all of the better punches. De La Hoya might have landed the better sort of heavier power punches, but he could he was pretty much controlling the fight with his jab. Um, Running rings around De La Hoya at times as well. Um, you know, the guy, he just pretty much fought everyone, Mike. You know, Freddie Pendleton fought Buddy. He had some good fights with Buddy McGurk as well, two fights with him. Um, I think he still holds, I, f- I think he still holds the record in terms of unified defenses at lightweight for a unified champion as well. So, you know, that shows he didn't vacate and move up too early. But he went up. He went up. I think the only beating he eventually took, Mike, was Trinidad. But he's fighting a guy right at the end of his career, a guy who's a hell of a lot bigger. But look at look at Sweet Pea's chin, Mike. De La Hoya didn't knock him out, and he was in his prime, a vicious puncher. Even um, Felix Trinidad, in his young and his prime, couldn't even, you know, knock him out as well. So he had chin. He fought punches. He outboxed a lot of people. You know, moved up the weights. Fought, fought pretty much all the best as well. Not only in the in the United States, so he challenged himself not only domestically, internationally. You know, no soft touches. You know, strong resume throughout. I think only four defeats in the end, but you know, he fought all of the best. You know, definitely one of the best fighters I've ever seen. Um, Still love the style now. Still an inspiration. Love watching these training videos as well. You know, yeah, we'll be sorely missed. Um, yeah, you 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 mentioned um, when you first discussed start d- d- discussing uh, back on uh, Sweet Pea's career. You mentioned um, his amateur record. Uh, last week we talked about uh, the video that leaked with Teofimo Stevens and. Uh, getting knocked down. Um, I think he was a 15, 16-year-old kid. And yeah. Teofimo Lopez, excuse me, Teofimo Lopez. And we discussed whether, uh, uh, was there a rule broken in which the fact that the video was released, was that re- breaking uh, the old standard that you don't discuss uh, amateur, you don't, dis- you don't leak footage of sparring the first, this is how, why do I say that? I connect it in this way. Mm-hmm. A testament to how much of a bad man Pernell Whitaker was. Um, 
it doesn't get talked about really in detail. Going back to that old adage, adage, you don't talk about stuff that happens in the gym, but it's been long talked about privately um, in gyms, low key, that in 83, Whitaker, uh, with the dude was looking for some sparring, uh, met uh, a young fighter, a young phenom, who I believe had just won a world title. Everybody was talking about as the next star, one Hector Camacho Camacho. And the word has been long held that they fought in 83, they sparred in 83 at the Crump Gym, and that Whitaker outclassed Camacho to the point that Camacho was frustrated ended the sparring session, walked out of the gym. Whitaker was a teenager. Camacho was, I believe, had just won the world title. Yeah, he was 23, 22 or 23, I think. That That is a sign right there of how good Pernell Whitaker was as an amateur. And we saw how he developed uh, as a pro. You mentioned how Whitaker in many ways early on in his career, how he was not only tested tough against the, the likes of uh, Lane and, and, and uh, Mayweather. Back to back, yeah. Right. And early on, Whitaker was very much a boxer. He still yes. was a boxer for much of his career, but yes. there was a bit of a sea change. And yes. that sea change was, was the Ramirez fight, in which he moved around a lot. Yeah. Notice in the rematch... And for much of his career, at lightweights and even as he moved up, he still had the slickness. But he stood a lot more in the pocket. See, the thing is, what made him, to me, uh, the greatest, arguably the greatest defensive fighter ever, 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 and no doubt in my mind, the greatest defensive fighter post Willie Pep was... He could make you miss in a multitude of ways. People talk about the defensive ability of Floyd Mayweather. Okay, fine. Floyd Mayweather, talented for sure, but part of Mayweather's, uh, part of the reason that Mayweather was so hard to hit was because of his style, his hand position. Whitaker, Whitaker, you couldn't hit Whitaker. How can I put this? How can I put this? Whitaker was unhittable without having to employ the style that Floyd did. And unlike the thing that Floyd could not do was he couldn't stand there in the middle of the ring with his hands down and you still were not able to hit him with not just one punch, but not just two punches, but three, four, five. Six, seven, eight punch combinations. That's the Floyd, difference between. You're right. That, Floyd would literally have to retreat the real space, whereas Pernell could actually do it standing there, planting his feet, just move with the upper body and the head movement to slip all of the punches. I mean, just look at the. You mentioned the De La Hoya fight. 33 year old Sweet Pea versus a 24 strong um, De La Hoya, who was very, very fast at that age. Look at the number of times where De La Hoya at the end of rounds would try to let off with punches to steal rounds and Whitaker would s- stand there, slip, duck, dodge, 
Delahoy would celebrate like he had done enough to win the round. He had landed all his punches. But look at the replay and you witness the number of punches Whitaker made Delahoy miss with. That's the brilliance of Pernell Whitaker. And people think of him because he was a boxer that he was soft. No, 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 no. Burnell Whitaker was Terrence Crawford kind of mean in there. He had yeah. that kind of a mean streak. Um, underrated body puncher. One of these guys who hit harder than his knockout percentage indicates. Because you notice even guys who were aggressive, they didn't bowl him over. And fought arguably the second biggest fight of the decade with Chavez. We mentioned You mentioned the robbery of... of uh, Jose Luis Ramirez, to me, the bigger robbery was the fight against Chavez, September 93. All the cards were stacked against him to lose. All of them. Just, yeah, and that was just after fighting Buddy McGurk. Right. Um, yeah. Fighting in San Antonio, 60,000 fans. Everybody in the building was 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 rooting for Chavez. Chavez was thought to be this indestructible, indestructible force. And Whitaker not only outbox Chavez. Chavez was known for his toughness. By the end of that fight, Whitaker had Chavez on the back foot and stunned him. Yeah, and at times was beating him inside the pocket as well. Exactly. At Chavez's distance, his prime distance, like when he was trying to get to the body, he was do he 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 was doing a great job of just like blocking Chavez's left hook with his Literally with his elbows and his forearms, it was weird technique, just sort of rotating and just beating him with that right hand straight down the pipe as well. Yeah, Chavez was he couldn't yeah, he couldn't fight him too well inside the pocket. When I when I saw that, Mike, I was like, Whoa, this guy is the real deal, even that short range. Um, shout out to DS Kennels two ten in the chat. You're absolutely right with your commentary. He says that sweet sweet pea could make you miss in the phone booth. Absolutely right. Yeah. That's the difference between him and other fighters who are known for their defense. Um, I'll go to you, Gail, and you can go and get into this discussion. What occurs specifically at lightweight? There's been a the debate is who was better, who was the best at lightweight ever? Him, uh, uh old school like Leonard or Benny Leonard or Roberto Duran. In a in a choice between uh, the Hands of Stone and Whitaker, just for having fun here, who would you pick as the best lightweight ever? Oh, Whitaker. Yeah. Whitaker over Duran, without question. It's a little tougher call with Leonard. And I think in that case, it honestly ends up being a matter of taste of the individual fan. As good as Duran was and could be, Whitaker hands down. You've, you've, got to put Manny, you've got to put Manny Pacquiao in that bracket as well, Mike. That weight, he was phenomenal. Uh, true. Funny, funny you should say that on a week where we're going to see him fight as a 40-year-old. Crazy. Problem um, is Pacquiao didn't fight enough in the division. He just didn't. Not at 35. He didn't do enough. Didn't fight enough there. Uh, and the and the guy he beat for the title, Diaz. No, I can't. I can't. Not in my book. I I I I. I, I How you really feel? <laughs> I can't. I'm, I'm I'm being honest here. I can't. You, you can't. I'm not gonna. I can't put Manny Pacquiao because of the limited time he had in the division. 
I mean, he, he he fought he fought at thirty. He, he won the title. I'm not even sure if he defended the title. If he did, it wasn't more than once. Yeah, and then no, he I, moved up two weights to fight De La Hoya. Well, I, I, I can't put him there. His career has been so long. You know, in all fairness, a lot of it blurs. You know, we remember the very young, small Pacquiao, and we, you know, have a he didn't. Excuse me, he didn't move up to 47. He moved up to 40. Uh, uh, um, to fight Ricky Hatton, then eventually uh, um, De La Hoya. But 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 still, Pacquiao didn't do enough uh, at, at that weight to uh, put him um, at all time great in the caliber of Whitaker. No, no, no. But but as a fighter, Mike, I don't think anybody would have beaten Pacquiao. I don't know about that. I think he would have beaten Duran. I think he would. Too much, too much power and speed for for most people, Mike. Whitaker establishes his jab, makes Pacquiao come forward, and we all know how Pacquiao likes to leap in. And you can, and he, and at times, he can really, uh, 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 you can see the left hand coming because he makes certain moves. Whitaker was too smart and educated for that. He could see in a mile away, adjust and counter, and get out the way. Either Pacquiao would come back, he could just come back with attack after attack after attack with better foot speed. Yeah, true. But would he be able to hit him? Would be able to hit him? That's my thing. Pacquiao could throw punches and bunches, but uh, would he be able to hit him consistently enough? Pacquiao wins it for me, Mike. I've got no doubt personally. I, I, we'll, we'll yeah, we'll agree to disagree um, and move on. But let's let's just uh, uh, sum this up, Gail. Um, uh, the life and 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 the career of Pernell Sweet P. Whitaker. I know he had his issues outside the ring. Uh, we can have that discussion another day. But um, I want to focus on on the positive. I kind of wrap up this kind of our little commemoration of one Pernell Whitaker. Yeah, obviously, yes. Uh, you know what history could have been, could have been. Um, against Nevertheless, one of the finest defensive stylists in the world who still entertains fans, who never turned down a fight, who fought and fought and won in multiple weight classes, and was just demons aside, a good human being, rest in power. Um. One more question here. The SK Kennel says, um, what about Mosley at 35? Uh, I'll leave that up to you, uh, uh, Gus, and, and then I'll give a follow-up in comparison to uh, Sweet Pea. Uh, Mosley at, at lightweight? Yeah. Um, Mm. Very, it's very, it's always very difficult to compare fighters from different generations. Um, he, what did he have? Thirty-five fights at lightweight, pretty much was knocking everybody out as well. But this might, might the, the thing with Mosley, it's always going to be harbored in controversy, Mike, because we know he was on EPOs for a hell of a long time, Mike, which gave him that speed. So it's very difficult to to give a true perspective of his talent and how he, he would compare if he was unaided. So, but I, I think Pernell Whitaker beats him all day long, Mike. 
Um, I, I would I would tend to agree. Listen, uh, Mosley was dom- had a dominant reign uh, at, at 135. Um, it would have been interesting had he had fought uh, uh, Steven Johnson or especially Orzabek Nazarov at that weight. I'm talking the, Naz- the, the Nazarov before he went the trip. He, he took that trip to Russia and he basically yeah. got beat up and had his eye damage. He Not wasn't the same yeah. uh, because Orzabek Nazarov that destroyed Joy Gamash and the Nazarov that we saw destroy Lee Evander Johnson. Um, in short, the Nazarov that we saw up to the the fight in Paris in 98 against uh, Mendy, that Nazarov was hell. Um, people don't know it because people don't know much about him, but that Nazarov was, um, that Nazarov was um, hell in the ring. But um, it would have it been nice to see Mosley fight that Nazarov pre-John Baptiste Mendy. Yeah, I think I think fighters fighters who den- generally had a very good dominant jab, Mosley struggled with even at times at lightweight. Mike, so I think Pernell's jab would have been a massive obstacle for him. And for me, uh, uh, Mosley was better when fighters came to him mid range yeah. out. Yeah, and if in this fight he would have had to come in, he would have had to go in. Mosley was strong as a bull, but he wouldn't have been able to hit Whitaker with any consistency. And I think from a mental standpoint, um, that Mosley was a little bit weaker mentally than what we, it didn't see, it doesn't seem that way because he was so dominant. But um, once he faced trouble, first faced adversity as he moved up, you saw mentally he kind of checked out, particularly against Forrest. I think that left that susceptible aspect to him would have been there at lightweight because he had it all his way early on in his career, and and Whitaker would have frustrated the hell the hell out of Mosley at time. I just don't think he would have been able to handle it. Uh, the fact that he wouldn't be able to hit Whitaker consistently to head or body uh, would have been tough from him for him. Um, I think Whitaker uh, would be able to find Mosley body at certain points of the fight. And just overall, uh, he would he would be too much from a boxing standpoint for for one Sugar Shane Mosley uh, DSK. Yeah, I think yeah, as you mentioned, Mike, Pennell had a little bit more. He was more dynamic in his game, but he was also a lot more patient. If the first six, seven, eight rounds weren't going as well, he he could just grind it out, frustrate you even more mentally, and then come back a little bit later with a couple of Mosley. Just never really had that patience in the fight. Right. Um, Poli Diaz is an example of that, where yeah. early yeah. on, uh, Diaz, because of his aggressiveness, because of his awkward style, and quite frankly, how dirty he was in the early points of that fight, um, him and Diaz had, him and yeah. Diaz had beef going back a while when, uh, Whitaker fought in Spain and, uh, as part of the WBC convention. I know we're getting a little bit nerdy here and we, the discussion is going on, but to give a quick sum, a summary, Whitaker fought in Spain, non-title bout. This coincided with the WBC annual convention in 1990. Yeah. Diaz was there. He was his number one, number two contender at the time, number one. He got into it with Diaz. And matter of fact, you can find the fight on YouTube. And if you watch the end of the fight in Spain, Whitaker was yelling at someone in the crowd. The person who he was yelling at was Poli Diaz. And the week of the fight, Diaz had taunted 
uh, uh, Whitaker gave him some trouble early, but this is where the mean streak, what I mentioned too early, came in. Um, and the patience that you just uh, brought in, that you just mentioned, Gus, he stayed patient. He focused on Diaz's body and beat him up to the point that he broke two of his ribs. That's the mean streak. And he yeah. used that body work and he eventually began to outbox him later on, but the body work was savage. So um, it's that aspect of patience and mean streak that Mosley did not face at 135. That's the intangibles part that Mosley did not have to deal with in his career. And because of that, coupled with the skill level of Whitaker, I give him the the advantage over a Shane Mosley. But uh, to wrap this up uh, again, um, sad, sad development that took place this that uh, came across the newswire, boxing newswire this morning. Um, we at Pound for Pound Boxing Report are, are, are deeply gutted, um, but in, in, in spite of our uh, pain, um, there's still a, a, a lot of things to celebrate. Um, Pernell Whitaker, um, what can you say? Um, marvelous fighter, uh, one of the best to ever um, lace on a pair of gloves um, and to show his legacy. Whenever you hear stories of a slick uh, boxing southpaw, the name that they will compare him, to, compare that fighter to, uh, Pernell Whitaker. When you talk any lightweight um, since he was um, had a dominant reign, the fighter that they will compare him to is uh, Pernell Whitaker. When you talk great athletes from the state of Virginia, um, the athlete they will compare him to is. Uh, uh, Pernell Whitaker. So uh, he left a, a long and, and, and lasting leg- legacy. Uh, prayers, thoughts, condolences to his family. And, and he, we here at Pound for Pound Box Report, um, again, um, thank, Pernell, thank you, Pernell Whitaker, for what you did for the sport. Thank you, Pernell Whitaker, for uh, uh, the fun, the long lasting memories you gave us as, as boxing fans. Uh, you will be uh, deeply and, and sorely missed. And there it is, folks. An abbreviated episode 259 of Box Report. As I said at the beginning, due to power outages, had to cut the original live recording. And what you're hearing right now is our tribute to one, Pernell Sweet Pea Whitaker. I want to first and foremost thank Gail from Communities Digital News, Gus from Corruption and Boxing, Daniel from The Inscriber for joining me. I'm your host, Michael. Episode 259, our tribute to one Pernell Sweepy Whitaker. See you guys next time on Pound for Pound Box Report, where we discuss all things boxing.